recording live from a van outside of Colin Kaepernick's house. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Why in a van outside of Colin Kaepernick's house? Dude, we're on Capper Watch. Oh, I thought we were going to go under his bedroom window and hold up a boombox. We're going to steal some sneakers. If we don't sign Colin Kaepernick, that would be fine because all the old white people that would be really mad. I actually want some old white people to cancel their season tickets so we can get some fresh blood in there. That's it. <laughs> all right. So uh, we are the Seahawks Nest uh, podcast. I'm Nathan Santo, joined as always by uh, Kevin Garber. Yep. And uh, the illustrious Eric Ronnebeck. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we uh, I just did that because I realized I haven't been doing it. And we have been gaining new listeners like every week. People are interested in what we have to say. And to those people, I have to say to you, why? No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help Except it. Except this week because everyone was too busy fishing. I, I mean, we didn't have like a great week listeners wise, but our top cities are coming up there. Uh, there's more weird cities in Washington They're in the mix. Uh, those are the, those were our regular listeners. Uh, we got, they were camping. We got Albert listening to us now. Uh, La push. We got user 641120250 on SoundCloud. This is great radio. Hitting us up. It's my yeah, guy. That's okay. If that's our, my guy, dude. If our numbers were down last week, that's fine because they'll be up this week because this week's podcast, not a lot to talk about. So they'll listen to last week's podcast. I always love when I just see like <laughs> random cities on here, you know, just like, Parksville, Canada. Like I'm sure we're we are lit in Parksville, Canada. Hey Parksville, we see you. All right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get right into it. We'll start off as always with a little Seahawks news. And the big news, Seahawks news of the week was the article and fallout of the article. Richard Sherman won't let go, and it's a problem. So how do you guys feel about Richard Sherman won't let go, and it's a problem? Uh, Kevin, what, did you actually read the article? Let's start with that. Uh, no. Okay. Eric, did you read it? I did. I'm glancing at it now. You did or did I did. Not? I did. I did. I did. I did also. Um, I thought that this article was, um, it's a lot of conjecture. <laughs> it's, it's borderline, uh, like, uh, what, what I was going to tabloid writing. Yeah. yeah. It's, ta- it's sloppy reporting. Like, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit into it. And do it's, you, <laughs> they basically took, like, Richard Sherman and the Seahawks are willing to part ways if the price is right for both, if the, if the deal's right for both guys. Which we already knew. To the logical extreme. Secondary question. Who the hell's Seth Wickersham? Uh, Seth Wickersham is the senior NFL football writer. That's only because they fired everybody. It's, this is He's true. been here for, like, three months. Yeah. Well, he also went to the University of he Missouri. He was getting John Clayton's coffee last week. Hey, man, he covered the Athens Olympics. So he's got, he has to been around for 17 years for that. So he's, he's 18 years old. I got gotcha. you. So it's 2000. So the thing about this article, there's, of course, no name sources because you can't sell out your sources if, you know, people within the team are telling on you. And if you don't have any. Or if you don't have any. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like the Seahawks are doing something good. You know, we should have two Super Bowls under our belt back to back. That would be a dynasty in this day and age. Uh, they screwed it up. We only have one. And because of that, uh, you know, people are looking at us like this team has a lot of success and Belichick's no fun to poke at. Let's uh, let's go the other direction. That's how it feels to me. Um, so, I mean, Wickersham has come out and defended his writing. And uh, Pro Football Talk has an article that says, um, he said this, I'm not being some sort of expert detective here. I mean, this is stuff is an open secret in the NFL, and I just spent a couple weeks trying to show it as best I could and talk to as many people as I could in the building. I took two trips out to Seattle. Um, yeah, I don't know. I... 
I How do you feel about it, Nathan? I don't know. It's it's non-news to me. Winning fixes everything and losing will make the ugliness come out. So if these guys actually have problems with it, I mean, the only way it actually matters is the Seahawks start like 2 and 5. You know, then you'll start to see all this stuff bubble up to the top. And if the Seahawks just win like they usually do, uh, and then the schedule sets up for us to have a nice winning streak at the beginning of the season after the first game, uh, then it won't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, people, the stuff like this only matters when you lose. And, uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm at on that. I think you're hitting it pretty well. I'm looking at this. He talks about being an open secret in the NFL. I think that's exactly right. It's a lot of, you know, hey, uh, veteran players like Richard Sherman are trying to tell rookies what to do and they're occasionally resisting. Hey, Pete Carroll doesn't smile all the time. Sometimes things bother him a little bit. You know, it's, uh, well, there's, you know, players talk trash during practice. These are not new things. And like Nathan just said, two years ago, these were all the things they were going, Seahawks are edgy. They got a chip on their shoulder and that's why they win. And now it's Seahawks are edgy. They got a chip on their shoulder and that's why they can't win. And it's like, all right. Both of those stories were equally valid, I guess, but also equally nothing. On, it is air. Let's face it. Sherman had a down year last year. Uh, injury, injured or not. Russell Wilson was very injured. And I feel like that had a big part to do with at least two victories on the schedule. On top of that, yeah, Richard Sherman, he had some kind of comments last year about, you know, the points. You know, we're not scoring enough points or, you know, our offensive line needs help. Kind of deflecting off of the defense. It feels like the defense could do no wrong if you're on the defense. Surprise, that's how it is on any part of any team that takes an immense amount of pride in what they do. And the Seahawks defense, they call themselves the Legion of Boom. This isn't something that someone gave to them. They came up with that themselves. It's a play on the old Super Friends, the Legion of Doom, and they backed it up. So, of course, they're going to have a lot of pride. Of course, they're going to point fingers when the other parts of the team, the other components of the team are not doing what they view as their job or not playing up to their standards or maybe not being held as accountable. And that's fair. Now let's face it. The offense does need to get better. The offensive line needs to become an actual NFL offensive line. The defense can't improve, but the defense is what keeps us in games. They are the best part of our team. I get why Richard Sherman's upset. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think that maybe the, the whole thing just seems overblown to me, though. And like I said, like the only way this becomes a real problem is if they just keep losing. Yeah, and then tensions will bubble over because, you know, the team is set up on the concept of competition. And that's people competing with other people for their jobs, but it's also the offense competing against the defense. And that's a bit of a precarious balance. And, you know, there were large stretches of last year where the defense was doing their job and the offense wasn't. And a team's going to feel that. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is the that is the story of the week. The other thing is uh, Colin Kaepernick watch. Uh, Spike Lee tweeted himself with Kaepernick saying it was a done deal. Now there's like it's a lot of backtracking. Um, he removed the post immediately. Yeah, and just weird stuff going on with that. Uh, I don't know. That just doesn't. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of nonsense to me, the whole thing. Do you thing. want to hear the great quarterback options we have if we don't make Kaepernick signing? I mean, I like the idea of signing Kaepernick to be the backup. Let me just, so let me just throw that right out there. Uh, yeah. People who are against it, I don't understand why. Uh, but, okay. Let, 
I also like RG3, though, again, you don't want an injury-prone backup. That creates other problems. Right, because you don't want to get down to a third-string guy, especially when our third-string guy is probably going to be heaps. Tanner McAvoy? Uh, Tanner McAvoy, yeah. Okay, so go ahead. Give me... Okay, so it goes... All right. So we got RG3. So we got Kaepernick, Kaepernick, RG3, Christian Ponder. Okay, yeah. Now we're talking. Uh, Now we get get a rush of old guys. Sean Hill, who's 37. Uh, Luke McCown, who's yeah, a McCown. There's a, a McCown. There's always a McCown available. I want to move him up to second, Kevin. Uh, 34-year-old Vince Young. Uh, who, future Hall of Famer Vince Young. He in the CFL and now owns the Steakhouse, Vince Young. That guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's not that's the guy. Retired. Uh, the starting quarterback for much of the 0-16 Lions team, Dan Orlovsky, who's also <laughs> 34. Did you say Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is he available? No, he just signed with Tampa. Yep. He's oh a backup. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> for like for like $6 million less than he put last year. Josh Freeman, who's somehow only 29, despite it seeming like he's been in the league since 1997. Josh Wait. Freeman. Did Josh yeah. Freeman uh, try out for this team a couple years ago no. or a year ago? Uh, he ended up on Minnesota. You remember? That's, that's got to be it. Um, Josh Freeman had that run where everyone thought he was going to be the guy in Tampa Bay. Yep. Yes. That was a while ago. <laughs> uh Thad Lewis, who yeah, you remember? I don't no more. Wait, wait. What about what about Ryan Nassib, former New York Giants backup? Yeah, yeah okay, we're done. So, this is why people are talking about Colin Kaepernick. First of all, he'd be one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. Second of all, Pickens are slim, folks. We are not talking about a deep crop of no, backup but quarterback you know talent if, to if, select if from. something happens so we can always shoot through the ceiling and go find Tavares jackson is that is that not that was that was two that on the was nose two on the nose <laughs> here's the thing i don't i don't want to have to have a safety As blanket opposed to uh if we went for uh johnny football which would be two up the nose so no oh, you gotta you gotta oh, wait man. a year you said before that too he's, quiet you really he's ready lean into that one kevin <laughs> uh all right let's uh let's yeah that I'm not proud. Kaepernick would be an excellent safety blanket for Russell Wilson, but let's let's hope we don't need him. Wait, right. did you just pull a Jake Locker and say you should play safety? Is that what I'm hearing? No. Uh, <laughs> our, uh, in other news, this, another Seahawks news this week. Uh, Russell Wilson gave Michael Bennett barbecue ribs. Uh, that that was actually a news story. Uh, and you it's said the it, off season, You folks. said it's slow. If you have questions, send them to. I wonder podcast if, at from the okay, com. I, I, I gotta know though. Does Russell Wilson make the ribs or is there like some kind of, uh, is there like a chef? Oh, there's a chef. Uh, I, I hope Russell Milk. I Wilson follow his the Instagram. Ribs, there is a chef. chef. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, uh, let's hear, let's hear some, here's some like numbers garbage that came out this week. Uh, Doug Baldwin, number four on Pro Football's focuses list of most sure handed receivers. Uh, I think we'd all agree well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's catch radius is amazing. He he makes great catches. Uh, Malik McDowell signed his four year deal, so we've signed almost all of our rookies now. I think Mike Tyson is the last guy. Yep. Um, so that's good. It's all about structure. When you draft a guy, the the salary set they 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 can't do anything else. But you just have to agree on how you're going to structure the contract. Yeah, it's a technicality at this point the way the NFL set up. Uh, Michael Bennett got number forty six in the NFL's top one hundred. Uh, sound of winking. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the top of this list. That's all I got to say about that. Like, probably too many. Which, I, for a down quarterback year, that's not good. I understand that, like, the idea that the quarterbacks are the most important. I agree. And almost every dude probably voted for his own quarterback, too, because it's all NFL players that voted. Sure. But, uh, yeah, whatever. 
Uh, oh, you know, I do have one more thing. Do you oh. see the, uh, we were talking about Kaepernick earlier. Um, do you see the piece about John Mara, the owner for the Giants? No, uh, wait, wait, wait. I think I did see this, but now I can't remember what it was. So it. he said that the big reason why the Giants wouldn't sign Kaepernick was because they worried about fan backlash. Um, two quick questions about that. One, is that something that you're necessarily worried about in Washington? We do have a lot of, uh, military families, but we are also a very liberal state. And two, do you think this was just an excuse to not have to really do it, especially since the Giants aren't shopping for a backup anyway? All right. Let me just start with the, the one. I've never heard a military person ever be like, oh, he's not, he's kneeling for the, I, the only people I've heard about say it's disrespecting the military are people who didn't serve in the military. Anyone with military background that I've ever talked to about it has been, has been like, oh yeah, well, I mean, that's why I went to fight so that people could do stuff like that. I don't agree with it, but that's his right. <laughs> like a pretty reason, cause most, most veterans are pretty reasonable people. And you know, that's, they're, 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 that's what they did. They went and they fought so that people could do stuff like that if they really wanted to. It's well within the rights of his freedom of speech. So I've not heard many military people. It's mostly people who are in the military that are truly offended by it, which weirds me out. I've heard a few that served, um, that objected, but it was more along the lines of like, yes, it's your right to do that, but I do feel disrespected by the way right. that you handled it, I which I think is reasonable. Wouldn't. Yeah, and I yeah. think that like I've heard that's that a reasonable position. Yeah. It's like I, I wish that he would exercise his speech in a different way, but he's well within his rights to do that. Is basically the right. response I've heard. So um, also, he's not going to do it next year. He already said like it's just not. It didn't. It wasn't sending the message that he wanted, which is like. That's good. That's reasonable also. Way yep. to reflect upon what happened. It's that whole thing. I don't know. Shows maturity of Colin Kaepernick, which is fine. one thing we always made fun of. He'd do fine up here. I would. Uh, it be. would blow over so fast. It'd be a big deal for the first preseason game, then be a big deal for the first game, and then everyone would forget about it because he's yeah. a backup quarterback. And I like the, 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 the fan storyline that people are creating. is like, oh, well, you know, he's – He's gonna uh, be in the locker room, and then all of a sudden, all the player, all the defensive players, are gonna be like, "Why aren't we starting Colin?" That that will not happen. No, there's no way. These they guys, all played against Colin. They know how good he, he is. is. Good, and these guys have all gone to war with Russell Wilson before. They all know how good he can be. If if anything, like, yeah, it's like Eric said. He, they just want the offense to be held to hold themselves to a really high standard, you know? Because there's uh, let's be honest, the offensive line makes a lot of mistakes. And anyone who watches film could figure that out. It's it was not sloppy last year. It does not take like a, a film genius to go through that film and be like, "Dude, this is some ugly, ugly stuff." Um, I, I got to ask though: Do you guys think we're going to sign Colin Kaepernick? It's yes. been really, it's been a week and a half. I th- I think it's a done deal. To uh, be honest with you, I, I think if he plays in the NFL in 2017, it'll be in the Se- it'll be on the Seahawks. Uh, I'll say that. I, I just feel like that where there's smoke, there's fire. There's real interest here. It's too there's too much stuff coming out about it. And um, actually, one one story we missed was Colin Kaepernick saying that he would be, he'd the, love to play. Yeah, for he'd the love to play for the Seahawks, and he would love to back up Russell Wilson. Uh, so, all yeah, right, it's an important thing to come out and say if for the situation because that was a question mark for a lot of people. We, was spent, if he could kind of swallow his pride there. We spent too many of the twenty minutes we've been talking on that, so I'm just gonna. There's so much other news to get. Roll to. us right mm-hmm. along to the only unanimous first team All Pro linebacker. Uh, for all of the all pro teams via the Associated Press, Pro Football Focus, Football Writers, and Sporting News is Bobby Wagner. Much deserved. Uh, which Nothing I else think to Bobby say. Bobby Wagner had the best linebacker season of anybody last season. He was great. Yeah. Uh, Keekley didn't play all the games, and that's the only guy I feel like is in his neighborhood right now. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. 
There was one other thing that I wanted to make sure to touch on, and now I can't remember what it is. Um, Best free agents available. Oh. Our quarterbacks. Uh, the scholarship story? I nope. can vamp with that real quick. Oh, no, no. There's Nope. There's I got it. There's... um. There was... Why, why didn't I write this down? This is like what a smart person do. Oh, if you want something to make you feel good, Ricardo Lockett met with the paramedics who oh. saved his life. And you should watch it. It's on YouTube, and you should watch it. That's That was what I wanted to say. That was yeah, it. That was touching. Uh, it was like it was like really nice. And uh, Ricardo Lockett was awesome. And if you want an example, okay, so some people tasked me. Last week you talked about a track star coming into the NFL and making it. That's never happened before. What's an example of a guy who did that? Ricardo Lockett. There you go. He's, there's a guy who did it and he was on the Seahawks. Like, he was a track guy. He was not like a real football player. He was a football player, but more than, more than Cyril this guy was. Grayson. But, but he was still like barely a football player and we turned him into a gunner and then he played some plays on offense and lost us a Super Bowl. And <laughs> come on, I can't just let him off the hook for that. That play was poorly executed. Yeah. That play was poorly designed too for the moment though. That was also Jermaine Curse's fault. If that play is executed correctly, it's a touchdown. Like, or it's a touchdown or a completion. Uh, all right. Anyway, whatever. I'm gonna move on from that. I don't want to bring up uh, old stuff. <laughs> Let's go straight into the NFL news. Uh, NFL news. Here we go. In one day contract watch. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite. My, Michael Vick signed a one day contract to retire as a Falcon. Uh, is Michael Vick the greatest Falcons quarterback of all time? I don't really think he has a dog in that fight. Oh, Kevin. Boo. Kevin. Here's the thing. That's a real question, though. Is Michael Vick? Because it's like who it's else? Him, Jeff George, or uh, Chris, Chris Chandler, or Matt Ryan, or Matt Ryan. The answer is Matt Ryan. You can go with Matt Ryan. I don't think that's unreasonable. I He's think. really the only answer. Michael Vick. Yeah. Vick. Uh, Michael Vick was a an impressive feature. He was not a great quarterback on that team. He was better with the Eagles. That's why I don't understand him signing a one-year deal. He was better with, he better had a much with the Eagles with the Falcons. Yes, but he was not good past like he was fine he was just, fine yeah and he was he was uh the way that he played was incredible and opened a door for a lot of this rpo in the nfl stuff but he still was i mean come on guys he had 8.4 yards per carry on a thousand and thirty nine rushing yards in 2006 like that's it's pretty freaking insane. Oh, it was. Yeah, but how about his passing numbers? His passing numbers are are good enough to justify fine, that. Like, they, right? There, he threw for twenty touchdowns, thirteen interceptions, six point four yards per attempt. Like, it's not great, but it's good enough. But you, we're like his if peak you pair years it that much better than Colin that, Kaepernick's peak years. That's a good question. His, if you pair it together with that, like that's insane rushing numbers for a quarterback. Uh, yeah, like, it's very good. Like, and those teams were pretty good too. Like that last team was not good, but the two thousand four team was really good. The 2004 uh, Atlanta Falcons were what, 11 and five? Um, yeah, I don't Ron know. Ron Mexico is fine. I think I just feel like Matt Ryan was a better quarterback. I don't think there's a huge debate there. I think you could put Vic. I, I think Vic has a would have a strong argument, a much stronger argument, like two seasons ago. Also, Vic's electric. Matt Ryan is vanilla paste. Well, he's better, Matt Hasselback. That's a I mean, really you, great comparison. I would Kevin. have said before last season, I definitely would have taken Vic. Now that now that Ryan went to a Super Bowl and actually won some playoff games, like I'm probably on the same side as you guys now. But like, well, he'd won a couple of playoff games before that. He just he kind of yeah he's had a little bit of a roller coaster ride. But the franchise is now building around him. 
I mean, I definitely think you could take Vic over like Chandler. Chandler really didn't play that long. He had the one Super Bowl run, uh, like to the Super Bowl where they lost to Denver. Um, and then, yeah, before that, it's like, wait, it's a like, lot of nothing. It's a like lot of nothing. Two conference championships, or is it one? They have two. I th- Vic had two. Uh, oh, no, Vic. Vic only went to one. In two thousand and two, they were. They didn't make it to the. Conference. Or no, he didn't make it to a conference championship. Yes, at he all. did. No. Yes, he did. They played the Eagles in the conference championship, and the Eagles won. I oh. have very vivid memories of this happening. I thought that was the division game. Uh uh-uh. uh They that, they got a buy that year. They won the first game. Like they killed the Rams. Do you remember that? And like was that? Uh, that was the season I was talking about. The season where two thousand and the backup to Kurt Warner for the Rams. Yeah, what was he was really young that year too. He was like twenty four. Anyway, Vic was a good quarterback. Like I think we all agree, and he was like very fun player to watch. And yeah. he's way too good on Madden. And I don't <laughs> know why you'd sign him. I, I, I okay, this is a one day deal. I don't get. Come like, on, man. I understand the one day deal when it's like somebody had Vic is ten like a- years with a franchise, was a really good player there, and everything. Yeah, was went Kevin. away for like the last two or three, and then came back. This is a guy who had like what a five year run. With, uh, the, uh, live with, the Fal- to ownership. with the Falcons the first time. Over and over lied and to ownership. had that really terrible conclusion. I mean, and then has been off the team for several seasons since. And another thing, too, is, okay, like, he he had, he his redemption story is really great. Sure. Right? It's, like, a really cool redemption story. He did a great job, like, kind of turning his life around, let's be honest. Like, yeah, his, agreed. His yeah. life is really great. Uh, he did a good job with that. He, his best season was probably 2010 with the Eagles, though. Eric's right, like. Those, that Eagle season is really memorable. And it was kind of like the season he put everything together. It was like the Michael Vick we always had been waiting for, where he actually threw some. And it's because he was with Andy Reid, who is like the god-tier quarterback whisperer who like yeah. makes every quarterback amazing. So like, yeah. Hashtag um, Pat Mahomes for president. I don't think it's like the worst idea, but I'm with Kevin when this is the time it just doesn't make a lot of sense. There was another really weird one, too. Like, what was the other one that happened this week? I don't know. I, I, that was my that was my one right there. That was there was my... a uh, like a wide receiver who uh, was it the Saints wide receiver Moore was that who it was uh, that resigned for a one day contract where you're saying they're like, huh? It'd be like if Alex Bannister resigns with a one day contract to retire a Seahawk. Twenty percent like, of Saints fans are yeah, like, yeah, okay, this, sure. this is kind of cool. That's a thing. All right, how about um, this one? You're gonna love this story, Kevin. Brock Osweiler asked why he thinks he's good enough to start. I think the proof is in the film for the past two years. Uh, so this just proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Brock Osweiler doesn't watch film. That's uh, he's so bad. I don't uh, you know, be like that guy that just like bashes on people because I know everyone knows I love like just ripping Bortles all the time. But man, what is Brock Osweiler thinking? Here's the thing with Osweiler: uh, he just doesn't make great reads. Or have overly impressive uh, zip on the ball, or a particularly compact delivery. He's his mobility's okay, but his pocket awareness is not great. Like his ability to sign overinflated contracts, though, that's you know, it's pretty good. The thing is, that's not his fault. It's not his fault that front offices do stupid things. Not at all. No. If they put that contract in front of me, I would sign it as well. Of course. And I would, I would, you know, I would taste the ridicule all the way to the bank uh, but in the right circumstance you know let's take the andy reed situation you put osweiler on an andy reed team he'd find a way to design something around the player and osweiler would be a 
functioning, bang average starting quarterback. But I just don't think he's much more than that. And I don't know if this is necessarily going to be that situation for him. Wow. He's fine. The off the off season turns us into a hot takes machine. I just wanted to you to That's because that's all there is. I'd say we're we're a little more balanced than hot takes. Hey, I could talk about whether or not we think Nick Mangle hey, is getting signed anywhere. By the way, I just looked up I just hot looked take. up Michael Vick's two thousand and ten season. He was eight and three in twelve starts with a sixty two point six completion percentage, easily the best of his career. And also he rushed for uh let's see, he rushed for 676 yards and nine touchdowns. I did not realize he ran that much that year. That is because he threw so well well, that I forgot about the running. Because he didn't look at running first. That's some Mm -hmm. real stuff right there, dude. That's a that's a good. Oh my gosh! All right. Anyway, that but it wasn't on the it wasn't on the Falcons, so it does nothing to strengthen the best Falcons quarterback argument because it doesn't count. It's it only goes it puts him ahead of Donovan McNabb. How about this? He's one of the top four Eagles quarterbacks of all time. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Just that season no. probably puts him in the top five. Jaworski. McNabb. Don McNabb. McNabb. And Cunningham. I just, in case. Uh, Cunningham. Yeah, Cunningham. Yeah, Randall Cunningham. That's why I said four. Ah. I'd have to look at a list of like the all-time which, Eagles Which passers. we will not I don't be want doing. to insult Eagles fans. Like we did last year on their podcast. What's up, Nate? What, what else we got? All right. I can ready? test that their team insulted ready. them in the game. Uh, Chip Kelly joined ESPN. The Bears added uh, Victor Cruz, so they wanted to have another wide receiver who gets hurt. Yep. Uh, that's really, I just wanted to make that joke. I think they just want to Frankenstein the spare parts together from all the receivers. Um, we should check and see. Uh, we should wow. check the medical files and see if the receivers tore opposing ACLs. Oh. And maybe Oof. they just plan on uh, sewing the two sets of legs together at the hip. This is the big one. Story of the week, and it broke today. So uh, get ready for this. The NFLPA is warning players to start saving money. 2021, big time lockout. So two questions for you guys to touch you on. All right. Number one, do you think the lockout is coming? And two, will the will a lengthy lockout damage the NFL the same way it did to baseball and to a lesser extent basketball? I think basketball got away with it with that short season. They kind of lessened the blow. The 99 lockout cost them, though. Their revenue numbers went way down, plus the boring brand of basketball they came back with. Well, I mean, yeah, the I don't know. The basketball is pretty popular right now, though. It's like probably this. Like, it's come third, back, but I would say second it's, most popular global sport and probably third in the third or second in America. But it's it it went overseas and it really started coming back big time the last eight to ten years. It had a down like half decade. After the after the night, so lockout. so that so so let's go with that though. Does will the NFL be damaged by a lengthy lockout? And do you think they'll even lock out in the first place? Okay, yeah, I think it's a real possibility that they lock out just because both sides are very stubborn and the owners seem way more stubborn in this sport for whatever reason. Is it going to have an effect? Depends on how long it lasts. I mean, do you Americans think- love their football, so if it's if it's like a full season. I think it'll be okay if it's. Are if you it's sure it's about the owners, Eric? Like, are you sure this isn't about the fact that the NFLPA probably feels like the the NFL brass has way too much power? Like that, I feel like they it's kind of a last straw thing here. Like they're sick and tired of Goodell just kind of. No, that's what I'm on. saying. Yeah, like the owners, the owners are so stubborn 
that they're going to be like, well, I don't care about player safety. I'm going to say I care about player safety. Also, this is my Jerry Jones impersonation. Uh, and the NFLPA is just like, you know what? This isn't right. This isn't right at all. That's why I mean stubborn. Like The NFLPA has a point, the players, and the owners are too stubborn to do anything. They're a bunch of rich old white dudes. It's not going to happen. You know, I think that's obviously this is a this is a move. This is the NFLPA taking it to the press um, to start kind of uh, the opening salvo in the bat in the court of public opinion, which is really important when you're talking about a money making machine like the NFL. So, because if you think about it, it's a little bit ridiculous. In three years, we don't plan on making any progress on this issue. So just plan on having to save your money, folks. <laughs> that's what you're paying your union for. That's insane. But what they're trying to do is push these arguments out there and start waging the war, you know, in the media. Because on subjects of player safety, on subjects of fines and suspensions for doing things that are fun, as opposed to things that are actually dangerous, uh, these are arguments that the Players Association is already winning. Um, some of the arguments about drug testing, especially in places where... You know, the NFL's code is different than state law. These are all things where the the NFL teams, uh, the teams are already losing in this area. And so it makes sense for the NFLPA to sort of push this out there and kind of get that, that groundswell of support to kind of be able to come back to the table with. Now, on the flip side of that, will it affect them? I think we can all agree... Baseball is what was most affected by strikes and lockouts. That's basically what allowed baseball to, what, they've definitely, they've fallen to third. It's behind basketball, it's behind football. Yeah, in the United States. And, but that took several repeated long lockouts and strikes. And so I think it's, the danger is more in a repeated work stoppage scenario than like a one-time thing. That's why the NBA didn't hemorrhage fans that bad was because it wasn't over and over again. All right. I feel like that's pretty well well answered there. And that's something we'll probably dig into within the coming weeks as well, right? Like something we, we can look else back to dig at. Into, if, so sure. if, uh, if, <laughs> I mean, I really do think you're right, Kevin. It's an opening salvo and it's a negotiation tactic. They're trying to say, hey, look, they want to win in the court of public opinion, bare minimum. Yeah. You know, They want the public to say, hey, we're on the side of the players, not on the side of the owners. Because the worst thing that can happen to the players is everyone thinking the owners are in the right. Yeah. All right. Uh, n- uh, quiz time. Name the active NFL player with the most rushing yards. If you can see my computer screen, you can't guess. <laughs> Was it Marshawn Lynch? Nope. Eric? Uh, I don't want to say Adrian Peterson. It's too easy. Hmm. Deuce McAllister. Frank, it's Frank Gore. Oh, I forgot Frank Gore was active. Uh, Frank Gore. Active Frank is, Gore, a, is a subjective. Yeah, he, he ran for a thousand yards last year, Kevin. Come on. Yeah, but his knees will not allow him to be active that much longer. Okay. So he's 700 ish yards away from being the fifth all time rusher. For you, this is a discussion topic. Here you go. Is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer or is he a Hall of Very Gooder? He, he That's could, a leading question, first of all. He could easily end his career with the fifth most rushing yards ever okay so his counting stats will be great when he retires but is it enough for you or is he is he just not quite there i am a big big fan always loved 
Vinny Testaverde. And Vinny Testaverde resides in the top 10 of many passing statistics. Um, for sure when he retired, but I think he still sits there for a few things. It's hard because it's been a big era of passing. And Vinny Testaverde is a hall of very gooder because he played forever and had some great seasons on some good teams. But I mean, what's that? That's that standard for being played the until best. he was like 44. <laughs> yeah. And Frank Gore is playing until he's running back 44. This I mean, is he's true. 33, but that's running back 44. That's there real. are guys on this list that played pretty long careers. Curtis Martin. Uh, yeah, it's just like I think it's era dependent. In this era, running backs just don't stick around anymore. It's just not a thing. Uh, and also, Frank Gore has appeared in more playoff games than Vinny Testaverde has, and he still has probably a few years to go. I mean, and he's on Andrew Luck's team, so it could he could make some more playoffs appearances. I'm not sure. Um, I'm just saying. Frank Gore's an interesting case for he is for, uh, he's the bubble to me. I, I don't I don't say definitively I can put him on one side or the other, but he's right on the edge. That's sure. exactly where I stand. Has he ever been? Have you ever been like Frank Gore, best running back in the NFL? Got to see him early. Or, uh, he's never even had like a, early career against the Seahawks. Yeah, 2006 Frank Gore was awesome. That was his, but that's like his only season where I'm like, man, those are some great stats. Every other season, it's like a thousand, I mean, twelve hundred yards, four, a little over four yards a carry. Less than 10 touchdowns. Mr. Consistency. I mean, he's very consistent. He's very consistently good. He catches the ball well, too, out of the backfield. He's had yeah. multiple 50 reception seasons. You know, I, I he's don't an know. interesting player. Like I, And I like Frank Gore. I think Frank Gore is a test case for like how to make it in the NFL being five foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> like, be Frank Gore. That's how you do it. Man, I missed my chance. Uh, another thing, too, about Frank Gore is... He has this reputation of being really injury prone, but did you know since 2012 he has not missed a single start? Do you know why he got that rep? I don't. I don't. So in college, he came out. To, he went to Miami, uh-huh. and he was the man stepping on campus, right? And then he blew out his knee and got passed up by Edger and James, and then oh. he was going to be the man because Edger and James got drafted. And then he blew out his other knee and got passed up by, uh, gosh, I think it was Clinton Portis, maybe? Oh, no. uh, You got the story. The story is correct. Uh, Actually, he backed up Clinton Portis first. There it is. And then got beat out by Willis McGahee. That's it. That's it. And then then he finally got his and did well enough and got drafted and everything. And he's put together a career. But uh, the injury-prone thing followed him from college because that's all they talked about leading up to the draft that year. It was like his ACL injury. Exactly. And they were going, you know, does he have a body at five foot nine? Is he durable enough to last in the league? Um, and then sorry, Mel Kuyper. He's missed this only Jimmy Clausen territory. So only like six games his whole career. Not to mention he's played, what, it's got to be coming close to, he's over 10 seasons. So he's like 12. Seasons? You got to wonder how much he has left in the tank. You're right, like because he's put he's got a lot of miles for running back, a lot of you miles know, on some banged up legs. Three thousand three thousand carries on a reconstructed ACL, like that's pretty pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I just thought that since some send us your thoughts. How do you how do you feel about Frank Gore? You know, C, former Seahawks enemy Frank Gore, a guy who I never loved playing against. He was By the way. He always felt like a little bit of a threat. I'm not gonna lie. Frank Gore has my permission to re-sign a one day contract with the 49ers. True. That's the kind of person True. who should be doing that. Yes. He also got the 
Art Rooney Award last year. NFL player who has the best sportsmanship as an integrity and competition as voted on by the players. That means so, something. So that's uh, I don't know what that means at all. Nice at, guy, Frank Gore. At people like playing against it him. It means everyone agrees he's not a dick. He's not a jerk. I mean, the <laughs> other guys who won this are Larry Fitzgerald and Charles Woodson. So yeah, these are all se- these all seem like stand up dudes. Bill Romanowski <laughs> did not win it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's a different award. Uh. Let's go ahead and uh, roll into our uh, promotional materials. Kevin, uh, hit us with the cold read, or or the actually, you know what? Hit us with the hot read. I don't know what that means. Too hot, too hot. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can hit us up at podcast at fromtheseahawksnest dot com. Send us an email if you have from the hawksnest.com, excuse me. Podcast at from the hawksnest.com. Hit us up with an email if you have any questions or talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. We are the Seahawks Nest and both locales. This is the time of the year. You want questions answered? Ask them. We will address them directly. We've got time. We'll give you essays or at least long form answers. Uh, yeah, don't. We will show our work. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Answers will be circled on the paper. <laughs> and if, did you tell them how to give us money directly? You can give us money directly if you yeah. go to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. And that's the best way to really help us out. If you cannot help us out in that way, the second best way to help us out is if you go on iTunes.com and give us a five-star review, preferably five stars. You got four stars in you, that's fine. If you got one star in you, why are you still listening? You're really far into this podcast for yeah. a podcast you clearly don't well, like. And I mean, this is an error in judgment. To be honest, I warned you like in the first minute of the podcast about what was happening. We need 10 votes to get there. And I know iTunes is like a virus you voluntarily install on your computer and reviewing things on iTunes is a hassle. So put iTunes on your mom's computer, on your friend's computer, (laughs) on that guy who you go over to his house and watch the football game, but you don't really like him. Put it on their computer and then sign in and give us a review. I know this is a legitimate ask is what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm not trying to uh, to talk it down. This is a legitimate ask, and uh, thank you t- for doing it. Um, all right. So, yeah. Then uh, that's that uh, Seahawks Nest Movie Club. Yep. Uh, let's talk about a movie <laughs> that is uh, one that I feel like... I'm sorry. Just a second. What? We really <laughs> sound like teachers with two weeks left until summer. Oh, my gosh. I'm so exhausted. Oh, man. I, and then this last weekend was a three-day weekend, too. And I seriously just stayed up till like, 3 a.m. on Sunday. And I was like, oh, oh, I have to wake up. I don't have to wake up tomorrow, but I have to fix this sleeping pattern by Monday. <laughs> oh, this is awful. It is. It's bad. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I mean, I had a good day, but it was. I'm tired now. I'm exhausted now. But you know what? We power on. That's right. Seahawks Nest fans. And we power on with a <laughs> movie club. So let's talk. There's a movie coming out this weekend. I'm, I love basing it on this during the summer. It's like my uh, my favorite thing. Okay. It is uh, getting very rave reviews. It is Wonder Woman. Okay. Wonder Woman looks to be the, uh, the, the bell of the ball. The toast of the town. Okay. But not every DC cinematic universe has been received as much. And I want to talk about a movie that I know will divide us. So, Eric, DC Cinematic I want you Universe. to tell me, why do you love Man of Steel so much? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Where are we, we're really going to do Man of Steel? Because oh, yeah, I've, 
We I talked about a Zack Steel though, right? Yeah, we talked about Zack Snyder and we kind of touched on Man of Steel. But I mean, I know you. I know you love Man of Steel. <clears throat> the you, I do. I enjoy Man Henry of Steel. Henry Cavill, I. And I want you to build the build out the Man of Steel yeah. argument. Like I, I want this, this is, is your, this is your chance to like tell the people what are they all missing. This argument is my white whale because <laughs> I I have gone high and low. I have gone to Henry Cavill himself. And none of them, no one likes this movie. They're like, yeah, I don't know, it's okay. That's like the best review. All right. Here's my pitch for Man of Steel. <laughs> Have you seen Superman 1, Superman 2? Those are classics. It is nowhere near as good as those. Untouchable classics. Untouchable classics. Here's the thing. Superman. If anyone talks about like the one superhero, that like the who's the biggest superhero of all time, people will probably say, Batman. they'll probably say Batman's their favorite, Kevin. But Superman is, like, all-powerful, and he was, like, the, the gold standard. They say, if who's the most boring superhero of all time? Superman. So, with Man of Steel, you get a story rehashed about, you know, the, the rocket lands to Earth. You get more of Krypton's side, which uh, was actually fairly entertaining. You don't get a lot of Superman growing up, Clark Kent growing up. You get more his teen years in little flashbacks. You get his early 20s before he knew he was Superman. This is all just kind of world building. Beyond that, it basically gives you this, you know, the God archetype, the the son of God archetype that you get with Superman. But beyond that, this is coming from a guy who did not have a father for very long. I feel that Man of Steel is a love letter to fathers. And I love that about the movie. On top of that, it, it's a little cathartic for me there. But on top of that, man, it's got more action than any Superman movie, any any superhero movie I ever seen. It basically takes the script for Superman 2 where the Kryptonians get released from the Phantom Zone. That happens in Man of Steel. And they come here and I guess uh, they they pretty much just want to destroy Earth and make it the new Krypton. Now, you've had that before in Superman 2. And everything was like, we're going to throw this billboard at people and Superman's going to catch it. In Man of Steel, they're very clear. We're going to murder every single human on the planet. Stop us. Now people will say, I don't, I don't like this movie. Superman wasn't there. He didn't save people. You idiots. There's 50 Supermen trying to kill every human on the planet. Superman can only do so much, and that's why it proved so important to him that he save Earth. Little spoiler, I don't really want to go into it. The very end of Man of Steel. Spoil it. He kills Zod, and I hated that because Superman shouldn't kill no matter what. But, I mean, it was Michael Shannon. Like. My, that's it. Oh, man. The acting <laughs> performances in this movie. Michael Shannon as Zod. People will say, who's Michael Shannon? Doesn't matter. You don't need a name. It's a great actor. If you want to watch a good Michael Shannon movie, watch Midnight Special. He plays Roy, the like the main character in the, the movie. Have not seen and, that. Uh, oh man, that. Whoo. He's uh, also in uh, Michael Shannon's it? great Revolution Road, and he's I mean, he's intense in every movie okay. he's in. Okay, let me give you my main gripe with yeah. Man of Steel. We Go. saw this movie together. I believe we did. Yes. Okay, and my biggest gripe with Man of Steel. Okay, my biggest. Okay, let me give my biggest plus first because I want to be nice. I'm going to sandwich it. I'm going to sandwich it with a compliment. Okay. I'm gonna couch with Coleman. Hans Zimmer soundtrack in this movie is pretty sweet. Yes. Uh, he did, <laughs> Hans Zimmer's just a great, uh, film. And he, if Hans Zimmer would have scored Weekend at Bernie's, it probably would have been nominated for an <laughs> His Oscar. score was very appropriate <laughs> to the movie. Uh, Man of Steel. Let's start with problems that I have with the movie. Uh, Henry Cavill 
I think that this guy can act. I liked that. I liked Man from Uncle. Like I said it last week. I said it's an underrated film. Henry Cavill can do stuff. He can be a good actor. He is not good in this movie. His Superman is like uh, it's like a two Cardboard. by four with two googly eyes on it. Like it's boring. Yeah, most most Supermans are boring since Christopher Reeve retired from the role. Why? Why make Superman so boring? Why can't he be like a? You know why? I think it's because outside of like the Richard Donner Superman, and this is a guy who's read the comics. Very few awesome Superman comics out there. People don't know how to write this character that is so unrelatable. And he is, let's face it, he's very unrelatable. That's okay, and then so what's the character in this movie I'm supposed to relate with then? Like, am I and now you said you relate with the the dad's the the young so here's the thing, what I do like the story the storyline writing around Superman. Meaning everything that he had to go through, being being bullied, not being able to fight back and they explain why. And of course that's through the father. Um, the I don't want to listen to my dad, you're not my real dad thing we've never seen in Superman before. That was pretty cool. Um, how he saved people is almost like it's written into his DNA from his Kryptonian father uh, that is still there to guide him, which is, you know, that's alien stuff. It's Russell Crowe. It's Russell Crowe. Uh, I just, I, that's what I liked about it. I will agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Superman, uh, Henry Cavill in this movie, mostly boring. And when he says stuff like "I'll I'll defeat you, Zod," eh, just 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 don't say that. <laughs> all right. My uh, problem is that Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder, all over this movie, and it made certain parts just crush other parts that were good. Like Nate, would you give it the beginning, the world building at the beginning, the kind of growing up part? I feel like that part was executed rather well. It was once you got to what the climax of the movie was, it was boring. I'll, maybe it was at this Kevin. I'm, I will say this: part of the reason I think maybe I didn't love this movie, and it's it's only been double downed on like seventeen times since this movie came out, is I'm tired of superheroes like saving the Earth from explosions. I don't need to see it anymore. Oh yeah, it's, like I'm just kind of it's been overdone. I'm burnt out on it, and maybe that's part of what I don't like about this movie is that like I don't need to see Earth being saved from explosions anymore. I would like a smaller scale story. Like tell me. And I mean that's hard to do with Superman because he's like omnipowerful. That's the only story you can tell. I feel like that's that's the thing that sucks is that Superman's story that should be his story. I saved the whole world because I'm so powerful. Whereas it got stolen by everything else, you know. Even like, Suicide Squad. Everyone it. scaled up the story to such a big level yeah. that like now everyone saves the world. So what's Superman for? Who well, needs him? When I think on Superman, we've we've talked about like what I like about it. One thing I don't like: if you're not a Kryptonian, you're really boring. All the humans are boring. Lois Lane, played by Amy Adams, one of the finest actors I think we have in Hollywood right now. Pretty boring in the movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Superman was super boring. I thought everyone around him was really boring. It's not helping. It's not. He, no one's doing him any favors. No. The world building was good. The world he then inhabits, not so, not so interesting. And I think that, again, can be pointed at the director to Absolutely. an extent. You're being asked to basically play all the actors down. So that the scenes and circumstances are what people came to see. Yep. And those are boring. Like, I, maybe it's because, you know, and I think Nathan hinted at this. I, I think, Eric, you're one who appreciates this. The human interest angle of a movie is key. Yeah. And that's why the beginning worked. 
And I know for some people it's not going to. Some people just hate backstory, and that's fine. But the beginning worked. It felt tied together. The end just felt like, and then we'll do a bunch of stuff. This is a this is a CGI mess. Yes, uh, I guess uh, the overall heart of the movie. We've talked about this with Guardians. Heart is a big thing for me in a movie. And I'll just say this as the oldest person on this podcast: the CGI of Christopher Reeve. With the Hans Zimmer score at the scene. If you don't know the scene, we can watch it afterwards. Got me in the theater. Like, I remember just, <laughs> I was pumping my fist, and my wife was like, What, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'll tell you. I was like, well, Watch this scene. And afterwards, I was like, Did you see Christopher Reeve? And she's like, No. So, that's, that's, uh, I just love Man of Steel. I, I really enjoy Man of Steel. It's not perfect. It's not flawless. It's not the greatest Superman movie, but, uh, I did not see Batman versus Superman. And I really have no interest in it, all but right. I did enjoy Man of Steel. Well, I could tell you all about that one in just a sec. I will say this, Eric. What I'm gathering from you is that this is a movie that you kind of like, despite admitting that there are significant flaws. Yes. And that you're you're kind of able to look past it because there's enough good to to kind of overcome the bad for exactly. you. Yeah. That's, That's perfect. Hey, I, I, I don't mind that. I mean, the movie is definitely visually like they went for it. Real quick. They, they, went, they went big. Gut call. Uh, Eric, on a one to ten, what are you rating it? Oh, jeez. Seven. Nathan, what are you rating it? Uh, like a, a f- five. Okay. What about you? Is it it's like a six? Five or, or a six. At the most, like maybe the first time I saw one, I loved it and the I most, think, it was an eight. I think you're admitting that it's a seven, but you know it's not really a seven. You just want it to be a seven. I'd say there are so many parts that make me be like, if you could just do this the whole time, it would be a nine. So I, mean, I think we're all rating it about the same. Let's be honest. Man of Steel is like a movie that... Is in Fine. the average to maybe slightly above average range. It's not Superman. Can I can I take a real Superman. quick shot at, at the at the genre? Because like Man of Steel has a seven point one rating on IMDb. Like that, you know, and I feel like that's not completely unfair. Like Batman versus Superman has a lower rating and should have a much lower rating because <laughs> that movie is terrible. Here's the thing um, about Man of Steel is, and I'll just close with this. Around that time, Avengers 2 came out, and everyone was like, Avengers 2 is the greatest movie of all time. And anyone who rewatched that, and me the first time I watched it, Iron Man 3, same thing, tremendous piles of garbage. And I felt I lo- like... I love Iron Man 3, but... Iron Man 3 is garbage. I just... I anyway, just, I, don't know why. I feel like, like those movies that I mentioned are Smash Mouth. You know, they're, they're the Shrek franchise. It's stuff that people were like, Oh my gosh, did you hear this? Did you, did you see this? Yeah, it was awful. Well, everyone says it's so good. It must be good. No, everyone said Manistee was bad. So you thought it was bad. You know, I object. You love Shrek Smash had, Mouth? Shrek had a coherent plot line. <laughs> there was character development. There There's was a solid layers. story arc. Layers. Uh, Iron Man 3, though. Can it, can we go back on this? Like, Iron Man 3 is a fun movie to watch. It's, yeah, it's kind of a mess sometimes, but it's definitely better than Iron Man 2. Uh, my good friend Nathan Santo I don't think it was once said, I Man really 2. enjoyed Iron Man. It wasn't great, but I don't know. It was a fun popcorn movie. That is what I will agree with you on. Uh, Iron Man 3 was like, everything is in Iron Man armor. It's indestructible. <laughs> also, by the way, one shot explode. One shot explode. Also, this thing that's keeping me alive, it's like the whole plot point for two and a half movies. And I'm just going to get rid of it at the end of the fine. That's what I hated about Iron Man 3. 
I mean, I do love Shane Black, so maybe that is like influencing me. <laughs> also, I'm bit. Iron Man with no power. I'm going to walk through a town and befriend this child for no reason and try and. It's because it's because he he wanted to connect. Yeah, yeah. Good. There was a backstory. Re- got, rewrite that. Cut. Rewrite that. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's. We all agree that Iron Man three is better than Suicide Squad, right? Sure. S- excuse me. I mean, Oscar award winning movie Suicide Squad. I have to just. I did. That's the only reason I did that. What did he get an Oscar for? Uh, costumes, makeup. Oh. Or makeup. It was makeup. Hair and makeup. I still don't know if it deserved that. <laughs> Hair and makeup. Uh, uh, all right. Quinn looked good. Eric. Yeah. Okay. Now here's, the, now here's the DCEU quick quiz. So Wonder Woman on a scale of 1 to 10. How excited are you? Oh, I'm like a 10 plus. I, I'm also like at like 10. I feel like it might just be like as good as the Avengers, which I think is kind of an overrated movie. But uh, if it's as good as the Avengers, I'm probably going to be here's totally the thing. fine it's, with it. It's kind of like Batman 89, the first Tim Burton movie. Like, we've been waiting for Wonder Woman to hit the screen for years. Mm-hmm. And I watched, I watched all her scenes from Batman vs. Superman on YouTube because I heard they were amazing. They were. Before she was cast, I was like, I don't know if they can pull Wonder Woman off because I want like this, this woman who's just going to be beautiful. Then and you saw classy. Fast Five. And you're like, Gal Gadot, well, they, Gal Gadot's they, my girl. They, they, uh, they cast Gal Gadot and I was like, oh, Fast Five. I gotta ask Nathan about these movies because I don't watch these. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna look at pictures <laughs> and I was like, she looks scrawny. I don't see anything special, but I trust him. And then immediately when I saw her in the suit, I was, I was like, ooh, that, she looks good in the suit. And when I saw her performance, I immediately fell in love and I was like, yeah, this, this, this woman could be Wonder Woman. Yeah. And she's, she's really good as an action star in the Fast and the Furious movies. So if you want to like, See Gal Gadot do some action stuff before you go to Wonder Woman this weekend. Check that out. Uh, so Wonder Woman's a 10. Justice League. Five. That's a, no, it's a four, Kevin. Okay. Uh, Justice League, I'm not. Yeah, just, the trailer is bad. Of this, this trailer. The trailer is bad. All right. I, I'm at about like nine. Finally. Five. I'm yeah. not, I'm not supportive of Ben Affleck's Fat Man. Last in release order and definitely last in our hearts. Aquaman. This sucks because my dog's name is Aquaman. <laughs> Um, are they making an Aquaman movie for real? Also, December twenty first, two thousand eighteen. It already has a release date, and they have spent one hundred and sixty million dollars on Merry it. Merry Christmas, oh my Aquaman! Gosh, good thing for overseas money because that's not making it in the U.S. Jason Momoa is my best okay. friend. I met him at Comic Con. Uh, I can't really comment on. Let's this. do a couple things. One, uh, the director is James Wan, which is a good sign. Uh, he made Furious Seven, yeah. Conjuring, Conjuring Two, and now Aquaman. Uh, Does it say villain? Please say Black Manta. The villain... No, I hope Aquaman is the villain and they run that storyline. <laughs> Patrick Wilson as Orm Marius slash Ocean Master. Yeah, that's uh, that's the guy from The Conjuring plays uh, Arthur Curry's half-brother. That's, that's He's Aquaman's nerd. half-brother that's what I'm who here seeks for. to take the throne. And we've got Yaha Abdul-Mateen the second as black manta oh they're bringing them both you know what i'm in my excitement for this, well, this guy six this guy looks cool like he's got a good he looks like 50 cent 50 cent i like suck. how you went to like yeah six <laughs> well justice League is a four and i'm not going to get too excited for a movie i haven't seen oh it's clarence from the get down all right yeah, okay that's, that's <laughs> good all right you know for those of you that didn't turn it off right after nathan said we're doing man of steel i applaud you but yeah. now you've stuck around for Eric's Aquaman talk. <laughs> Here's the thing: you said this about Justice League, like it—it it just looks like a guy underwater. Yeah, let's let's hope they fix that. I okay. yeah, that's the if thing that makes me film, not excited about Aquaman. If they can film Gravity and make it look like Sandra Bullock is in space, why can't they film Aquaman and make it look like he's underwater 
and can breathe underwater. It looks like green screening from Wayne's World. I must have it's missed so it. bad. I must have missed the part of the Aquaman mythos where he has to hold his breath. Okay, because that is like what it looks like. It looks like Jason Momoa holding his breath underwater. That's what that scene in Batman vs Superman looks like. And I'm. So, it's so frustrating to watch. It's like, what are you doing? This Aquaman. People already think Aquaman sucks. You're not doing him any favors. Yeah. Yo, you. Keep hitting it on the head, Nathan. Like an Aquaman movie needs to be like so good to overcome people's lowered expectations you know about what? Aquaman. I hope Marvel comes out with a, a Namor the Submariner movie just to bury him. That's probably well, just to screw with. They're them. not doing it because they're like, let's okay, we don't want to screw this up. We're gonna release it spring of Wait, 2019. Just Marvel to screw doesn't want to screw something up. Like Marvel just has like 5,000 characters in this uh, Infinity Wars movie, so don't worry about it. Yep. I, I honestly don't know if I'm going to bother watching them just because, yeah, they're pushing the envelope off the table into the garbage can. All it's right. just too much. Well, you guys have Movie stuck with Spody. nerd talk with us. Uh, all I the feel way. like we should reward these people. What's something we could do? To reward people who stuck in for all this junk. All right, send us a Facebook message with the secret word. The secret word will be. Oh no, the secret phrase is "I am Groot." Send us a (laughs) send us a thing that says "I am Groot," and I will uh, mail you a prize uh, in two to four weeks. Yeah, we'll get we'll get an actual prize. I like that is because (laughs) I'd like to say I'll mail you a prize immediately, but I'm lazy. (laughs) And the school year's winding down, and like I have to finish grades, so I'll mail you prize soon but and maybe i'll write you a, a nice handwritten letter about how much i how cool i think you are and you can put it on your fridge and then pretend like you have friends <laughs> no too much this is getting good this all right all right there you go way to go nate so uh yep send me a message that says i am groot because uh, that's the only good movie out of any of this superhero garbage so for nathan <laughs> santo and eric Gronebeck, this is kevin garber trying desperately to sign off Thor. Go Hawks.